Hello, and welcome to the Transcending CRM podcast, a show where we explore how the Salesforce ecosystem has impacted the careers of fellow trailblazers and the businesses that have leveraged dynamic growth from the platform. This podcast is brought to you by Silverline. Silverline is a Salesforce digital transformation consultancy headquartered in New York City, specializing in financial services, media and entertainment, and the healthcare industries. I'm your host, JP Owens, Managing Director of Banking and Lending at Silverline, along with my co-host, Elliot Spence, Principal Consultant at Silverline. Hey, Elliot. How are you doing? Good to be back here on the show. Excited to record another great episode. Yeah, excited to have our guest today, which you got to work with closely for about a year on a project uh, a couple years ago. So today we are joined by Richard Dedor. Richard is the VP of Marketing at Premier America Credit Union. Richard has been with Premier America Credit Union for almost a year and has worked in marketing, communications, and digital media for nearly 20 years. Richard has also had extensive experience on the Salesforce platform with Financial Services Cloud and the Marketing Cloud. Welcome, Richard. Please take a moment and tell everybody about yourself and your current role. Well, uh, happy to be here on this podcast. I've been a listener really since you guys kicked it off, and obviously I've known you guys for a number of years, so happy to finally uh, find the time to jump on the show. Um, yeah, here at Premier America for a little less than a year now and uh, serving as VP of marketing. So that's a, that's a bunch of hats overseeing our execution on the marketing cloud side. How do we engage with our retail team members? But then everything else, it's, it's our content strategy. It's our you know acquisition strategy, advertising, dealing with all of the privacy policy and laws that are convoluted and disconnected, which is a, a different show in and of itself. But just engaging our membership is super important to what we do as a credit union and and Salesforce and Marketing Cloud really gives us the tools to do that. So I'm excited to share share those thoughts today. That's awesome. Uh, I'm glad to have you. I know we were talking about having worked with you previously at another organization and also having you at a couple of events over the last year or so. So really excited to hear have others hear your story. Uh, but before we talk Salesforce and Marketing Cloud, can you share more about your career journey and what led you into the financial services space and most importantly, the credit union space? Yeah, so I've had basically three chapters to my career is what I like to say. I started actually working for a nonprofit. And if you're a sports fan, uh, it was the United States Tennis Association. So spent a lot of the only sport I was good at growing up. So I was just I loved that I got a job in that space. And their mission as an organization is to, to develop and grow the game of tennis. That's it. And it was just such an interesting role because I would go out into the field and essentially I was a, I was a salesman, but I had no product to sell. I had grants to give out to local organizations to grow the game. And, and I loved the, the, the power of those conversations to impact the lives of, of kids and adults and just everyone in between. And from there, I went to, to New York City and worked at uh, a couple of uh, digital media agencies, VaynerMedia, uh, Shoptology, really just learning another piece of the, of the marketing space. And that was in the early days of social media marketing and content marketing. And then from there, moved over to real estate, really just trying to, to build out even a, a bigger repertoire of experience. And that, that was the first time, and we'll get into this, but that was the first time I worked with Salesforce was at the real estate organization. Spent five years there, and they were a full service, build single family homes, build apartments, do office buildings, commercial, industrial, I mean, just everything. So really got a flavor of what that entire industry is like and the sales process on how they're all different, which was, which was a challenge in and of itself. And then found financial services, and it's definitely a place that was not expecting to fall in love with because no one in their right man really loves banking and money. But from the credit union side, and you guys obviously work with a bunch of credit union clients, our role is really to, to positively impact the role of the lives of our members. 
through whatever way we can do that. And it's just such a fun challenge to provide those services to people across the gamut, uh, you know, low income, middle income, high income, and, and we're here to serve the community. And it, it's really taken me back to my roots. And so I just love uh, that I found a, a space here that I, that I really love. And Richard, we, we've worked together in the past, and I, I didn't know about the tennis background as well. So we may circle back to that here later in the show. But uh, when did you get your first exposure to the Salesforce and marketing cloud platforms? And both of them are so robust and have a lot of moving parts. So what did you do to dive into the ecosystem, both, you know, like I said, on Salesforce and Marketing Cloud? Yeah, so the first the first time was at the real estate uh, company, and it was, we had, I, we had two goals. It was to improve our engagement on the apartment rental side, because um, that's a very short sales cycle. You're only in the market to shop for an apartment for 20 days, and you got to move, right? And then the other side was the single family home sales, which is a much longer sales process. And we had no way as an organization to re-engage with leads, understand the the lead time, you know, from when you say you're interested in XYZ type of home, what do you, you know, when are you looking to shop? And here's what we have in our sales book of, of open inventory. It was, it was so old school. And this was 2014, 2015. So it's not like it was 20 years ago. It was very recent. And we had no digital mechanism to do all of this. So we did a bunch of different systems. Uh, we landed on Salesforce. And at that at, at that time, we, we used Pardot as a part of the, the Salesforce tool to create those engagement journeys where our team would use you know, Salesforce to uh, track leads. And did, we did a ton of reporting on the life cycle of leads and how many leads are coming in from the same person on the apartment side and how can we use that information to our advantage. And then part of it was all about from the single family home side, you know, if you're interested in, in this type of a community, what other communities do we have that kind of meet the same look and feel and home style to do internal cross-selling so you're not just focused on on one type of, of location? It was an interesting challenge, not all that dissimilar from financial services, and that there's a lot of products, a lot of options, um, a lot of touch points. And from there, I obviously went to my second credit union, which is Green State Credit Union, and that's where we we got to know each other. And that was obviously financial services cloud and, and a full-scale marketing cloud implementation. And I think what I, what I took away from that experience was just how interconnected all of these tools are. And when you really sit down and think about it, you know, an organization can go off, you know, go off the shelf and, and buy an email marketing platform, and it can work fine. But if you really want to find success across the organization, you have to have a tool like a Salesforce to make that possible. And, and I've just loved the experiences that I've had thus far in the platform. Yeah, I think your background is awesome in it because it's it's so many different industries that you've worked across, both on Salesforce, Marketing Cloud, and you're even mentioning Pardot, which is something we dive into a lot as well. I mean, from the real estate background to now financial services. Can you tell us a little bit more about your first, and it doesn't have to be the the first project you had with it, but one of the projects that you've had, I don't know if I want to call it the most success or the most fun you've had with Salesforce, Marketing Cloud, and even Pardot and some of the problems you were trying to solve. So uh, this is not a shameless plug for Silverline, but I'm going to say that the implementation that I went through with, with your team, just because that your, your team is so talented at asking really good questions of your clients. And, and the, the line that I think you probably said over and over again, Elliot, and other members of your team would say was, don't change Salesforce to work for you. You've got to work with the tool that you're buying. You can, you can nibble around the edges a little bit, right? 
but don't change it to, to make a broken system continue to stay broken. And that's what I, I really have loved about what I loved about that implementation is, is it forced really hard questions. Because if you're going to bring in a sales force, which is not an inexpensive decision, you want to make the decision and, and use it to allow the tool to improve your operations, whether it be sales operations, consulting operations, marketing operations, it needs to make it better, make it more efficient, make it more effective. And your team just asks just really good questions and doesn't allow you to do the same old things, right? You use the tool to push business forward. And, and, and if you allow the tool to do the work, it's just amazing what it can actually do to empower not only sales teams or support teams, but also the marketing teams, right? They all go work so closely together. And if you make those decisions early on to be two feet in and work as a team within the tool and not in the continued silo, so this is customer service and that's, that, you know, it's, it's just this collaborative approach. And that's what Salesforce is really all about is, is de-siloing everything to pull it all together. Yeah, and it's it's like you're right. We we have those conversations all the time with different clients around. Okay, well now we bought Salesforce, we bought Marketing Cloud, we've bought Pardot. You know, we bought all these different Salesforce products, but we still want to keep it status quo with what we've done over the years. I mean, it's kind of you get into those difficult conversations, and they are, as you said, can be very difficult at times because there's. I think one of the biggest pieces is change. People are afraid of change. They're afraid of changing the way they've done things for the past 10, 15, you know, 20 years. And with Salesforce coming in or marketing cloud coming in, things are going to change and people, you know, get scared about it. But that's where you have to have those difficult conversations around, you know, I know you're used to doing it this way or this way. You're buying Salesforce, you're buying marketing cloud. We need to build this to, you know, build those efficiencies. And to do that, there's going to be things that are changing and it's, you know, easing people into that and really delivering, you know, not only we're doing this to improve the organization, but we also got to show you why we're doing it to improve your day and, you know, make your day easier for you and potentially make you, you know, more sales or whatever. So it's, it is difficult conversation. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's, I think that's what makes those projects a little bit more fun as well. Yeah, talk about the importance of a product owner and helping everybody realize like getting everything connected is going to give you vis visibility into what's happening or what's not happening and allow you to take action. So lots of lots of upside when done well, as as you both were alluding to. So Richard, I do want to pivot a little bit. So we talked a little bit in the intro about you've been at Premier America Credit Union for almost a year. Can you tell us more about what led you to your new role there and, and how your move has been so far from Iowa uh, to California? Uh, well, there's no more snow on the ground, which is a, a change from, from my life. But, uh, you know, coming to Premier America, who they've been around for now 66 years, $3.7 billion, really community-focused institution here in the L.A. and Houston markets. And they're just in a position where they're on the cusp of some really exciting growth. They had brought in Salesforce right in the, the start of the pandemic, Salesforce and Salesforce Marketing Cloud, really at the start of the pandemic. And they, they made the joke. But honestly, during the interview process that, you know, we, we bought the we bought the Ferrari being Salesforce. Now we got to figure out how to drive it. And that was they were pretty blunt about it. And so it was just this opportunity to really kind of take the wheel to keep the pun going and, and drive it forward. And it's been an exciting challenge for a lot of reasons, but it's a, a lot of legacy challenges. Right. It's, it's what what I think Elliot, you just said. Uh, change is hard. It's scary. It's challenging. But but you have to do it, and so we're working through those those changes um, from a data perspective, from a 
strategy perspective, you know, really for the first couple of years, it was, you know, we turned these tools on and they're working and we're doing them. And, and now we're kind of in phase two of, all right, how do we make sure that what we're doing is the right thing, that we're listening to what the data is telling us and are, and are we taking action on that data? And uh, that's a culture shift um, to do it in a, in a live way, not focus on, you know, lagging indicators and more being uh, strategic forward thinking. And Salesforce can put you in that position to do that if you've done all the ancillary work beforehand to get to that point. And so coming here was the opportunity to try and lead those initiatives and, and continue to grow the organization. Like I said at the start, I'm a, I'm a community focused guy. And so to be in an organization where it's not just, you know, a, a page on the website, it's really who we are. Um, it's what we believe in and what we try and do every day. And Richard, talking about having the Ferrari now that you're learning how to drive, what, what would you say would be the top initiative for you this year? Or what, what's going to be the coolest thing you're going to have accomplished, hopefully, by the end of the year on the platform? Yeah, it's a, that's a great question. And we are, so as I said, you know, they, they turned everything on, they got some data flow, but it was pretty static, if I can put it that way. So we're, we're currently in the process of adding more data on our members and our member engagement. And one really great example is we didn't have, and we still, we're still kind of cleaning it up to get a sense of what the data actually tells us, but understanding, have you activated your debit card? Very simple, you know, yes, no date field, true, false date field in the core. Have you activated your, uh, activated your debit card? And if you've got a new one, have you activated the, you know, the new one? Because we want to pay attention to that. Because if you haven't activated it, something's going on. Either you didn't get it, which is a problem, uh, or you just don't care, which is a different problem. And we need to pick up the phone, right? Or we need to trigger a text message or an email saying, hey, do you need help? You know, how can we help you engage in this, in this uh, product? Because very few people truly open up a checking account just because they're bored on a Saturday, right? So like understanding what, what, the, what the pain point is, what the friction is. And that's really what our top initiative is, is trying to add in that second level of data, whether it be activation or how many times did you swipe your card this month? Right now, anyone who's, who's uh, paid attention to any of the news really over the last six months knows that a lot of banks have, have deposit challenges, right? Um, just go Google best CD rates right now and you'll, you'll see there's a, there's a bunch of options out there for you. So we're looking at how do we pay attention to the data based on your deposit level? If you drop a certain percentage, we're building out, let's trigger a communication to you based on your deposits dropping a certain percentage over a certain number of days. So we're really just trying to be smart with the data we have to be more targeted in what we send. That's actually uh, perfect timing. Elliot and I were just having a conversation right before this recording uh, with someone trying to measure uh, deposit balance changes, potential churn alerts or risk or fraud alerts. So yeah, being able to see it, not only automate some activity, but even give your your team or your associates direction on what to do next and kind of validating it's been done and how did, how did everything go? Same thing came to my mind, GP, as soon as he said that. It's like triggering all these things, like bridging all these different Salesforce products together from Salesforce, Marketing Cloud, Pardot, CRMA. I mean, all around just exactly, Richard, what you were just talking about upon this deposit alerts, deposit balance changes. Uh, there's just so many possibilities there. But thinking back about your initial implementation or any of your implementations of Salesforce, Marketing Cloud, Pardot, was there any aspect of those or at any time, you know, anything that you underestimated or wish you had approached differently in any of those implementations? I think everyone thinks is, you know, you, you turn it on, you connect the data and you, your leads will come in and it's just, you know, it's a, it's a CRM. It just works. 
And that's really not how it goes. There's hours upon hours upon hours of, of conversations and workbooks and if this, then that, and, you know, creating all the user stories and there's just so much work to get it right. But if you do the work, you do the work up front, just like an athlete, right? Like if you put in the time on the practice field, that the game is the easy part. And it's true with this too. If you do the work and you ask the hard questions and you think through, well, how do we truly want to use, use this data? Then you can do that at the start and, and make it very easy for the tool to assist you in the work. There was just so much more time in the beginning, but that just makes the the actual execution at the end the fun part because you're because everything works right. You set it up the right way and it works. And Richard, we talk about getting everything to work, putting in the work up front, not only on the functionality side of it, but I think we talked about it a little bit earlier around it's not an inexpensive tool sometimes, but like what is the business case and how are you going to help drive value, get some quick wins and start to have some momentum going to move more of your outdated processes or your member experiences onto the platform? So we are constantly having this conversation, but I'd be curious from your perspective, how have you helped show value within your organizations for the platform and the success you have as you execute your strategy? Yeah, I think that's a multifaceted answer simply because you've got the service side of the organization, you've got the actual, you know, retail relationship side of the organization, and then you've got the marketing and we'll just call it more sales slash awareness, depending on what you're doing. And so you can focus on, well, what's our speed to, to issue resolution, we'll call it, right? And someone creates the ticket, it's been tracked and we know what's happening. And when you, when you do that, you can then find out, well, is there a, a, an actual issue that we're unaware of that's causing you know, these tickets to be created? And or are we solving the issues fast enough, right? Are we truly helping our members? Because it's all right there. It's very, very clear. From a relationship standpoint, paying attention to, you know, you, you talked about deposit churn, whether it's deposit churn or, you know, the, the onboarding relationships where we want to trigger phone calls to, to welcome new members or just make sure that they are getting engaged uh, with us. It's no longer managed through spreadsheets, right? It's all managed right there with with call tasks and and uh, to do lists, call lists. Like it's it's super visible and transparent, and that's the biggest thing is the transparency that 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 these tools can provide to to leaders, to managers, and to team members. We still have Excel sheets, and we're still working on getting stuff all you know all integrated. That that's the focus of communicating the value, seeing that these things are happening. We are moving the needle. You got your closed, you know, your closed ratios and what's the dollar value of those. And then from the marketing side, looking at just our general conversion on what our goals are. So is it is it debit card activation? Is it, you know, usage of a card in the 30-day period? We can report on that in days as opposed to waiting for the card carrier to provide a 90-day look back report and make adjustments on the fly. And that's the value is the ability to make all these adjustments on the fly. So kind of touching on that point, and I want to, this isn't something that, you know, I may have, I'm just going to throw this one in here, but I want to know, like, is there any part of your implementation or any implementations you did in the past that like was a huge win that you, you know, was like a slam dunk, you know, and anything that you can think of that, that was like a huge win that you had in any of your past implementations that you'd like to highlight? Or something that went like really well. Yeah, it was not a um, out of the box solution. We had to do some some back end SQL writing, which is not my skill set. Luckily, we had a one of the consultants was able to do that work for us. But one of our products had a benefit 
where if you use it a certain number, if, if you use your debit or credit card a certain number of times a month at a certain dollar value, you got a bonus dividend kick on your on your checking account, which is not you can't just, you know, look A and B. OK, you get this email. But we've built out this whole matrix of engagement based on your engagement and where you are in that 30 day period. It was super complicated. And that took hours of conversation to make sure we thought through all the nuances of, well, if you get to day 27 and you suddenly are qualified, does that mean you should get one of the emails? And what does that look like? So again, not necessarily out of the box, but it, but you know, obviously Marketing Cloud was the executed all of it. But that was something we'd never done. We'd never had the ability to do because it was multiple types of data having to be pulled together in a in a, in a dynamic way. But it increased the engagement on the targeted card improved the, the the members experience now i always i always have to put this caveat it was the right thing to do for our members because it's a member benefit but at the end of the day it cost the credit union money because more people were going to qualify for the higher dividend but it was the right thing to do for the member and so it was a win-win from a data perspective from an engagement perspective and it was a win for the member so at the end of the day it took uh, both our side coming up with the idea uh, the consultant side helping to execute the crazy idea uh, but that was a, that's one of my proudest successes within uh, within marketing cloud for sure. No, that's awesome. I think it really highlights the flexibility of all the platforms and bringing all the data together to, as you said, do the right thing for the member. So that that's great. I love hearing those stories. Now, this one, I, I said we we're going to come back to tennis, and we are right now because we're getting close to the end of this episode. And this isn't it's tennis, but it's not. You know, I never played tennis. I'm a pretty competitive person. Have you gotten into the new? I don't even know if it's a new fad anymore or a new thing anymore. Do you play any pickleball? I have played it before, and it's. I think if I played it more frequently, I'd be better at it. But I still have so much of the physical motion of tennis. Um, like I just don't hit the pickleball the right yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, I haven't figured it out quite yet, but uh, I think that's probably the logical retirement for my tennis career is pickleball. My wife played college tennis and high and tennis in high school and now it's like I just get pummeled in pickleball now, but it's they're popping up all over the place. Like one of my friends just invested in a, you know, a pro team and there's a like actually the biggest indoor pickleball facility in the country is opening about 30 minutes from me and I've like considered joining it because it's it's so much fun and it's a great workout. So if anybody's out there and you've played tennis, you're looking for something new to get involved in, find pickleball. I'm sure there's courts around you. It's a lot of fun and just a, you know, a very good workout. But Richard, last question, and we do thank you for your time today and joining us on the show, but this is something we ask all of our guests and it's to share a fun fact about yourself that not many people may know. And this can be an accomplishment a talent, a fun or almost unbelievable story. And we'll see how your fun fact, you know, ranks against all of our past guests, because we've been learning some very interesting things about our guests and some incredible stories. Well, I'm a, I'm a pretty boring person, so I, I'm going to have to dig pretty deep for this one. Back in 2012, I'd been training to run my first marathon with my best friend. We'd picked uh, San Diego as the place we were going to run the marathon, because uh, who wouldn't want to run a marathon in San Diego? And uh, about six weeks before the run date, I got injured. And I was like, oh, I did not train for eight months to not be able to do this thing this one time in my life. And then about that same time, I got jury summons for the, for the week of the race. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is, all these things are conspiring against me to not let me run this race. So I petitioned the court, uh, showed them that I already purchased plane tickets and, and uh, had the race ticket. Thankfully, they let me defer. 
somehow my foot healed. So I, I, I was able to go run this race. The fun, crazy, unlikely part of the story is I go run this race, finished it, but that is where I actually met my now spouse was at the San Diego Marathon. Uh, so had I not been able to have my foot get better or if the, the judge had not allowed me to defer my jury summons, would not have met my spouse. So uh, that's my my fun story, I guess. Well, that's, that's more than one story. That's a lot of moving pieces that all came together. That's awesome. I also just ran my first marathon and it's that eight months of training is brutal. And Getting down to like the last six, seven miles of the marathon, it's one of the most challenging things you'll ever do. But yeah, I think that that's pretty high up there because that's not just one. That's a lot of moving pieces that all come together for an awesome story. That's that's awesome. Congratulations to you. Yeah, congratulations to you too. We're all a member of the club now. Absolutely, how, yeah. How many have you run since then, Richard? Just the one. I will just not do another one. one. Yeah. It's hard to beat that memory, right? You can't, can't uh, nothing will live up to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I I would do it if I feel like I could cut the three minutes off because I finished in four hours and three minutes. And that just bothers me that that three minutes is hanging out there, but I don't care that much. I mean, I'll, I've, I, I got down to the last seven miles and mine was here in Cincinnati and it was like a monsoon that day. I mean, it was, we were running, I can show you pictures of the last or the first part of it. It was just a downpour and we're running on the streets and there's like six inches of standing water, if not deeper in some places, but I, I got down to the last few miles and I text my wife from my watch and I said, this is the worst pain I've ever been in. I don't know if I'm going to finish, but I, I did. But it was, yeah, it's difficult. So, you know, congratulations to you. It's, it's a lot of fun and a big accomplishment. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Richard. If anybody wants to find you or connect with you is the best place on LinkedIn or anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. So you can just search my name. Awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. To learn more about Silverline, you can subscribe to the Silverline blog at silverlinecrm.com or follow on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook at Silverline CRM, one word. Thank you all for joining us today.